You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizens, Jake Martin. What up, Jake? What's up? Feel pretty good this morning. I am raring to go. I hope you are too. Yeah, the race to vacate begins. So what's there <laughs> not to be excited about? Plenty to discuss. Uh, I would say this was an eventful weekend. Yeah, I would say so. I even watched a little golf. Oh, yes. Even glad to hear that. A little golf. My wife was out of town. I went absolutely crazy. It was fantastic. <laughs> I watched a bunch of 30 for 30s. That's, that's more like <laughs> a it. A wild and crazy weekend. Fire up the hot tub. Let's get the 30 for 30s <laughs> yes. on there. Uh, plenty to discuss over the next two hours. We want you to join the discussion on the Stuart Shelby State from hotline slash text line. 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. So you start jotting down some notes of what took place over the weekend. Literally, you get to a page or two. You're like, wow. One thing leads to another. We got a lot of things to break down, and of course, we got a star-studded guest list today. So let's get after it with some headlines. Where would you like to start, Jake? This is a tough decision. If you had to put it at the top of the paper, what's the biggest headline of the weekend? Ooh, um, I guess let's go with uh, some high school championships. All right. Starting with Ravel. Uh, Ravel closing out the season perfect. The perfect uh, ending for the perfect season is Ravel, just depending on, I think they went 34-0. If you include Riverside, it would be 35-0. Yeah, which let's not even talk about that. But 34-0, they beat North Cato 79-51 in the championship game after having back-to-back competitive games. This game was not competitive whatsoever. They ran away with this. We have some sound from uh, Damon West. We'll play later in the show. And, of course, uh, we will make an effort to get him on the show later this week. How about uh, Simsboro? They're celebrating their first state championship since 1975. Josh Brown will join us later in the show at 815. Congratulations to the Tigers. And also Summerfield, Randy Carlisle and his kids also with a state championship. So uh, three titles out of the 12. The biggest storyline coming from the boys' basketball championships. Baton Rouge, and, of course, the weekend that that area had overall. Yeah, they crushed. Uh, But back to Simsboro real quick, that was another dominant win. Kind of what I was anticipating after seeing both teams play in the semifinals. I really did think that Simsboro was the superior team, and they proved it Saturday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mentioned Baton Rouge on Saturday where you had Walker, Scotlandville, Madison Prep, and Dunham all winning. Yeah, and it did it did not shock me that Madison Prep won and beat Peabody just because after seeing them play Wasman, they were so physical and so impressive. I was not surprised to see them beat Peabody pretty impressively. Uh, tournament time in college hoops, and of course uh, the selection show yesterday. Ugh. Number of games to watch over the weekend. Did it feel like to you, though, with a number of the championship games being played on Saturday, it took a lot of the sizzle away from Sunday leading into the selection show? I know you had the SEC title game on Sunday. Yeah, and and no, not really. What what took it away from me personally, can we talk about the, the tournament, the selection show? Sure. 
the show was bad, man. Yes. It was a bad show. The 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 audience that seemed like they went and found some fans off the street and paid them to come in and act like fans. Like well, who else is going to want to sit in there and watch the selection? Show? Very, very true. But it was just, and then the audio was off yeah. for about 15 minutes, it felt. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it took forever for them to catch that up. And then, well, this is my biggest gripe. All right. They take about 10 minutes showing you the automatic bids. Yeah. Showing you the, t- the teams that, that won the tournaments. Yeah. We know they're in. Yeah. You don't have to show us that. And then they do the alphabet order, and I'm just like, why don't we just reveal the bracket? Because we've, we've seen this so many times. Yeah. We know that when you get to the 11s and the 10s and the 9s, that's when we start crossing teams off the list. Instead, you're giving it to us by alphabetical order. I, I just didn't like it. And they got a couple teams in the wrong order in yeah. the alphabet. And I'm like – but you made the argument, well, they needed to change something up because they dragged on too long previously. No, CBS no, no, no. Did it. My argument was reveal the the whole bracket sooner. Mm. Like, don't drag it out. Don't do it every 30 minutes like they did two years ago. I thought they learned from that last year. Last year's show was, was pretty good. But, like, nobody's ever looked at the show when they've done it right and said, this is wrong. We need to change this. Mm. It was it was always fun. I liked, I liked seeing who where the teams were, who they're matched up against, and – I don't know. It just so why like tinker it. with something that was working exactly. Previously. It wasn't broke. Don't tinker. With and it. then of course they put throw in all the bells and the whistles, the huge set, the live audience, and you're like, eh, was it worth it? No, it was, <laughs> it was not good. Uh, I think it took them, uh, and they made a point to say this: 13 minutes to reveal all the teams yeah. at the beginning because of the show. they took so much time with the automatic bids. Yeah. We know they're in. All right, all right. Your biggest takeaway from the bracket? Uh, I got a couple, but. One that's really bothered me is Oklahoma State out, Oklahoma in. Mm. Because there really is no justification of that. The only the only thing is is that unless they just flat out came out and said, well, they have Trey Young. He's going to bring us ratings. We want ratings. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, be honest about it. That's fine. But Oklahoma State beat them twice this year. Oklahoma State, they both had similar records. And Oklahoma State, Oklahoma lost 11 of the last 15 games. How can you get in like that? Well, they started off great. I, I don't care. They're, they stumbled down the down the stretch. Trey Young's not shooting the ball as well as he, he did at the beginning of the year. So it's just like that was inexcusable to me. Mm. And Notre Dame being left off was, you know, has a lot of people upset. I get that. Uh, Texas Tech got a pretty low seed. Middle Tennessee getting the shaft. Middle Tennessee got the shaft. Um, USC not getting in. It's pretty crazy after seeing what they did in the Pac-12 tournament. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of head scratchers. More on the tournament as the week proceeds, and of course, uh, no Louisiana squads in the NCAA tournament now. Of course, the fallout, and we get this matchup in the NIT. A lot of people wanted to see it: LSU versus the Cajuns. Wednesday, six o'clock at the PMAC. That'd be fun, man. That'll be fun. I mean, we talked all year about how great ULL is. Um, LSU had a had a pretty good year, considering what they were last year. Uh, pretty nice bounce back season with Tremont Water. So, we'll see who wins this matchup between you know two in state rivals. You know the Cajun fans are looking forward to this one. I know LSU fans look forward to it too. So I have a stat: uh, LSU thirty six and ten all time versus the Cajuns. Last win for ULLO uh, coming back in nineteen forty four. Wow! I think it'd be a little bit more exciting if they would have played this in the Cajun Dome, though. Why? Just pick it out of the PMAC. Get those Cajuns all fired up. 
Well, they come out of the woodwork to see this matchup down there. You don't think they're going to travel to Baton Rouge mm-hmm. for this game? Uh, news coming out late yesterday that uh, ULM in the postseason for the third time in the last uh, four years. They are heading to the CIT. They will play Thursday night versus Austin P. We buried the biggest lead or one of the biggest stories, and that being uh, the Grambling Lady Tigers. They are heading to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1999. They'll be watching the selection show and a big event taking place out at the Hobby Center uh, tonight for that show. You can go out and watch it and, of course, uh, celebrate with the Lady Tigers I believe that starts at 5.30 when they'll be introduced to the crowd. Pretty cool, the fact that they win and they do it against their arch rival, Southern. Yeah, very cool. Uh, they were the number three seed in the tournament, and they end up beating Southern 72-68 to to clinch that berth. Very, very cool story. Uh, other headlines from this weekend. How about the NFL and what took place and a lot of news breaking oh, on man. Sunday. And the Cleveland Browns, of all franchises, just stealing the headlines and owning the NFL during uh, trades and free agency. Yeah, that took place Friday, so it feels so long ago. But, yeah, we, we haven't had a chance to talk about that. The Browns going I mentioned after. free agency, and, of course, that starts later this week. But what they did for wheeling and dealing. Trades, yeah. yeah. Uh, getting Jarvis Landry, first of all. Now you got Jarvis Landry and Josh Gordon to throw to. That's pretty salty. And then getting Tyrod Taylor, which I think is a – you know, if if you're not looking at it as we're getting our franchise quarterback in Tyra Taylor, if you're looking at, hey, we can get a guy in here who can kind of uh, carry the load early while we groom a young quarterback, I think if you if that's what you have in mind, I think that can work. So I, so I don't hate that either. Uh, but yeah, they were making some moves, man. So uh, Jarvis Landry had 112 receptions last year. The Browns' receiving core overall had. How many receptions? I don't know. 134. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the Browns. And then if you're Jarvis Landry, and I know they're working on a, re- a deal for him, are you excited about this move? If I'm Jarvis Landry? Yeah. No. <laughs> no. I have no faith in the Browns front office. I'm sorry. Uh, the classic rant that we heard from uh, Richard Sherman, and I think we used it as one of our top ten rants of all yep. time, it was against the 49ers. Sure. And now Richard Crap Sherman three. joins – San Francisco. Joins San Francisco. Um, I don't know. I, You know, this is an interesting – because you look at Richard Sermon, and for a while he's been considered as, as one of the top defenders, right? But there's a lot of – that comes with He's him. coming back from a torn Achilles in his right, and I think he has bone spurs in his left. Yes. But also you have – he's very outspoken. He's very vocal, yeah. which didn't work well toward the end of his Seahawks run. I'm just wondering how that will blend with the 49ers group that you're starting to feel good about. I mean, they got Jimmy G last year. They ended the year strong, and it seems like they're starting to put stuff together over there. Uh, you don't want to disrupt that chemistry. So I, I don't know how I feel about that that trade. Of course, he's a good talent if he can if he can recover from his injuries. Other NFL news and notes from the weekend. It was great to see former Neville standout and Louisiana Tech standout Justin Jellybean Ellis getting a new contract with Oakland. Pretty remarkable story. Anybody that knew Jelly Bean early in his career at Neville, and then, of course, when he arrived at Louisiana Tech, he had some major weight issues. For him now to get a three-year, $15 million deal, $6 million of that guaranteed, pretty good. Pretty happy for Justin Jelly Bean Ellis. We'll see what the fallout is. Did you see Odell Beckham in the video controversy now with him? Uh, was this with the girl? Yeah. yeah. So I saw bits of it. We'll see if uh, more comes out of this. And uh, news uh, later today, uh, Arizona is expected to release Adrian Peterson. Shocker. 
other headlines from this weekend, and we have to talk about what took place uh, with Tiger Woods. <laughs> and uh, I think if we could pull back the clip from uh, Jake just this past week, I said mentioned that Tiger is back, and of course will be playing on the weekends very soon. And Jake's response was, um, "I was skeptical, and the reason why I was skeptical is because this was." an exhausted storyline for me yeah. because I feel like people jumped on it too early, mm -hmm. way too early. I, I got tired of hearing it. Oh, Tiger's mm -hmm. back, Tiger's back. And I, he would, you know, falter every single time. Wouldn't be competitive toward the end. Mm -hmm. That was not the case this weekend. So you were wrong? Um, Yes, but <laughs> I was wrong because I'm an outsider looking in uh -huh. and I got tired of you hardcore golf people uh -huh. pushing the storyline on me for like a year now. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, okay, holler at me when he's really back. Uh -huh. Seems like he's really back this time. And so being a non-golf fan, you still felt like you needed to flip over there on Sunday. Yeah, I did. Um, just because while I was watching baseball and then I, as I, I was keeping up with it on Twitter and as he was still hanging in there going for uh, – he actually was a shot, uh, two shots behind at the time. I was like, you know what, mm. I'll turn it over. I saw that amazing putt he made. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. I actually ruined that for you. Uh, you were a little bit behind. But, uh, yeah, that was that was fun to watch, man. It, it is fun. That's why Tiger's so important. I can't imagine what the ratings are going to be yeah. uh, when, they, when they're released. Uh, I got some news and notes from uh, Tiger's big weekend and what this was like for uh, NBC Golf. I got some of the ratings from Saturday. Sundays haven't come out yet. We'll get into that later in the show. And also, I wrote down, my wife despises Tiger Woods, so I jotted down some of her quotes Ooh. from the weekend while we watched uh, Tiger. Well, while we watched it together, well, and then watched. she took a nap later on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> College baseball, you did mention it, uh, an eventful weekend. Uh, I love the fact that, not that LSU lost to Hawaii on Friday, but some of the comments that we heard from the Hawaii players <laughs> talking about the fact that they were looking forward to taking an Uber from Baton Rouge to New Orleans yeah. and then trying to get back in time to square up against the Tigers. <laughs> I thought that probably bode pretty well for LSU. I did, yeah, I did. <laughs> LSU, there's no surprise that LSU won Saturday and Sunday. So I was that. just curious, and I looked up uh, an Uber ride from Baton to New Orleans, and I figured it would be pretty expensive, and it really wasn't. Ubers are cheap, man. Uh -huh. well, then why does it cost me $20 to get from Monroe to West Monroe when I'm trying to get home? But they can go from Baton Rouge to New Orleans for $110. Does it really cost $20? Yeah. yeah something's wrong That's with that. $16, $17, and then a little tip. Something's wrong with that. Yeah. You need to look into that, Dietrich. Uh, but LSU did come back and win two or three versus Hawaii. Diamond Dogs continue to get it done. They have a big sweep this weekend at home. Yeah, five-game win streak right now. Uh, ULM, uh, they uh, drop a series to Stephen F. Austin and the Lumberjacks on the road. And Grambling wins a 2-3 versus Arkansas Pine Bluff. I believe that's two weekends in a row. They have won a SWAC series. Correct. And ULM, by the way, gave up 30 runs this weekend. Mm. Not very good. Uh, but they do have Northwestern coming up, who they already beat this year. Also taking place, uh, spring football practices are underway for uh, Louisiana Tech, LSU, Grambling kicks off later today. Listen to Ed Orgeron's comments. Get ready, Tiger fans. Offense is going to be explosive. They are having a passing attack this year. They're not concentrating on the rushing attack. Uh, okay, that's a little – Out of context? That's way out of context. I think what he said was they don't have a featured back yet, and so they're probably going to throw it a little more. 
which is not at all what you just said. Uh, Quint making a reference to Jake here. Jake, now he knows how we feel about him pushing LSU basketball down our throats. I would not push LSU basketball down anybody's throats. <laughs> I'm asked questions, I answer them. Uh, keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. We breeze through those headlines. We'll dive into them more as the show progresses. It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Paint Care. Welcome back to the show. In addition to watching a lot of sporting events, uh, Jake just told me he put together the crib for uh, his upcoming child, Moose's. Uh, moose, 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 moose cribs, yeah. right? Moose, moose's crib. No yeah. parts uh, afterwards when you, after you put it together. Uh, just a few, but I think it's still sturdy. <laughs> you think? Nah, we're good. How long did it take you to put a crib together? Uh, about an hour, hour and a half. Ooh, high, high, high I had help. Involved. My wife helps. Uh, if she hears this, she's going to. Uh, Throw a tantrum. No arguments helped. during a disagreement. No, that's what she said. Uh, she's recommended the crib to people because we did not fight. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Well done. Yeah, I think so. Felt accomplished. What's the next project? Paint the room. Already did that. Right. Good. The name. That's important. It's coming up yet. Uh, mooses. We we decided. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not going to be mooses. It's going to be mooses. Okay. <laughs> Uh, where are we going here? How about uh, just to recap a little bit of the big one of the biggest storylines uh, being the Grambling women, of course, uh, heading to the NCAA tournament. Hey, another shout out to uh, the Grambling SID department, a department that I have been critical of over the last uh, 18 years. Not this year. But the last couple of weeks, my goodness, talk about going above and beyond. So sometimes getting footage and then post-game comments from some of these championship games is difficult. They went and did an extraordinary job. Literally an hour after the game, might have been sooner that, they had sent TV stations footage, download footage, celebration of Grambling's win, and then also included an hour later a post-game reaction from the coaches and players. If you want the word out and you want to get airtime, and especially during these times when everybody's short on staff, and of course it's still difficult sometimes to get video and other things because it's not like uh, down in Houston, that those television stations are going to be shooting any coverage of this game. Uh, they went in above and beyond and got everything out there, and there was no excuse for TV stations and other media members not to pick it up and run with it. I certainly did, and it was appreciated. Job well done. And ultimately, it gets them more airtime, and you are fighting for airtime. Yeah, especially this time of year yeah. when everything's going on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, he's done a magnificent job, so shout-out to him. Indeed. All right, well, here's uh, Freddie Murray, uh, Grambling's women's basketball coach, and then going to the big dance for the first time since 1999. He gets a little emotion. I've been there. I've been there before. I've been there. I've had the, the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament, and I wanted it so much for these young ladies. And um, I am so happy for them. We went from 16 players down to nine, but we kept believing, kept believing, kept staying together, kept putting in work. There were different lineup changes every week almost, and we just had to persevere, continue to keep working hard, continue to keep working towards our goal. And it, and, and it all culminated on today, and I'm so happy for these ladies. Man, they deserve everything and more, and uh, I'm just glad to be a part of this opportunity. Mm, good stuff there from a coach who has the Lady Tigers in the big dance. Here's a couple quotes from uh, sound bites from uh, the players as they celebrate, and they do it in dramatic fashion by knocking off Southern. They were down there in the fourth quarter. They rally in the fourth quarter with the big win. 
I feel like the win was probably the most important part because without the win, I couldn't have got the MVP. And like Coach Murray said, this is a what you say, one game, one like this is do or die, win or lose. So I kind of didn't pay attention to what happened in the conference. I mean, it bothered me when it was over, but when it came to this, I just played for my team and my team played for me, and it just kind of happened that I got it. Turned up. Nice. That was Hill. She continues to get it done. The first soundbite with her. Uh, the cool part about it, they uh, yesterday around noon, they started re-showing some of the championship games, and they showed theirs on ESPNU. And literally, she showed why she probably could have, should have been the uh, SWAC player of the year. Fourth quarter, she took over. I mean, come on. How many other players got a shot up from LeBron? Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, so they're going to have a celebration and, of course, watch the uh, selection show later today. Congratulations to uh, the Grambling Lady Tigers. Freddie Murray, the head coach, will join us live at 840 later today. In high school hoops, we have to start, of course, with uh, Ravel as the Hornets are now celebrating a state championship, their first since 2001. And now you can start having this argument where they rank among Northeast Louisiana great teams, and also can they make an argument that they were the best team in the state of Louisiana this year? Yes, they can. Um, I would have loved to have seen them go head-to-head with Madison Prep, though. I, I really feel like we were robbed of that this year just because, you know, we know what happened last year, and then this year to see Madison Prep, for the first time, that was the first time to get to watch them, to see what they did against Wasman again, a Wasman team that likes to play physical and bully their opponents, they did that to Wasman. And so just knowing what, you know, Wasman was able to do against Ravel, I would have loved to have seen Ravel and Madison Prep mix it up. Then Madison Prep, after that big win against Wasman, they go out and just hammer Peabody. Exactly. So they ended the year, you know, emphatically. Just super impressive. But Ravel has been impressive all season long. So I don't know, man. I, I – you know, we could sit here, and, and of course, there's Scotlandville and the conversation. Walker looked pretty dang good, too. Um, they kind of came on late. Well, let's just have a tournament of champions then. That would be awesome. <laughs> that really would be awesome. Uh, but uh, can they make a claim to answer your question? Yes. But am I uh, sure that they are? No. I mean, there are some really good teams this year, and I just named a few. Ravel's last loss came in last year's championship game to Madison Prep. Damon right. West referenced that in his postgame comments. That's unbelievable. Last place we lost was here last year, and we back here undefeated. That's that's pretty special. Hey, it's just a blessing, man. It, it doesn't happen to people often. And, and the thing I'd like to say, all these kids from Ravel, uh, you know, this, we're a community, and all of them went to Ravel Junior High on up. So we play with our own people, and, and it's, it's been big for us. Yeah, we've been knowing each other since junior high. We got a lot of chemistry together. Uh, I still can't believe it right now. I think I'm going to believe it by till tomorrow. <laughs> uh, believe it, Malik Wilson, you are a state champion. He uh, fires up uh, 25 points, and, of course, he's coming back for another year. Damon West comment there. Uh-huh. I took that as a, a shot, Parting shot. Yeah. towards Madison Prep. I did, too. And Riverside and others in the state. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. He has not been afraid to say what he feels, and that, and I really do appreciate that. Uh, we're going to make an effort to get uh, Damon on the show either tomorrow or Wednesday. Simsboro celebrating a state championship for the first time since 1975. Josh Brown was a little fired up after the game. 
Simsboro, of course, with this uh, win. It was exciting. The fact you look at it, it was a number one versus number two matchup. They're squaring off against Zawali. And, and you would have thought that this one was going to go right down to the wire. Ultimately, Simsboro outscores Zawali 19-8 to in the third quarter. Had a lot to do with them going on to win 67-51. to Here's Josh Brown after the game. It, it's been a long time. In 1975, that is a long – I wasn't even alive. I mean, that, that is a long time ago. So hopefully uh, hopefully this is the first one. We can go back to work. We're going to enjoy this for a while and go back to work and bring back you know, everybody but D and, and hopefully uh, keep making runs. Uh, the drought's over. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> thank God. I just, thank, yeah, I really thank God for this. Simsboro celebrating uh, that title. Josh Brown will join us at, uh, what time does he join us? 8.15. 8 yes. And then, of course, uh, Summerfield also with a state championship will make an effort to get uh, Randy Carlisle, their head coach, on the show later this week. So uh, three state champions coming back, championships coming back to Northeast Louisiana. Yes. And Vito on the text line says, back in the day, Arkansas used to have the whole state tournament where the state champion of each qualification played each other in a tournament that week after the state championship games were held. That would have been awesome. Hmm. That would be awesome this year. Does that take away from your state championship, though, if you go into that tournament and you lose? No, no. Somebody would probably make some pretty good money off that. Yeah, also. you make some good money. I guess it would take away if you were one of the bigger schools. Like if you're a 5A school and you lost to a 2A school, yeah. maybe that takes some luster away. But if you're one of the smaller schools, you got nothing to lose, right? 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, ULM head coach Keith Richard joins us as the Warhawks get ready for postseason play. Good morning drive back after this. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 Realty Studio in West Monroe. Continue to look for your biggest takeaways from the weekend. Hit us up at 888-993-7762. It's the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line. One of the takeaways being at uh, ULM, not getting ready for more postseason play as they will be playing in the CIT. It was announced uh, late last night. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? I'm doing great, Aaron. Uh, Coach, first of all, how did this come about, the fact that you're getting ready for uh, mo- more postseason play and you got this matchup against Austin Peay? Well, they, uh, they uh, both the CIT and the CBI actually uh, expressed interest in us, uh, you know, early last week, I guess. Uh, it was at some time, and, you know, it's going to be kind of a wait and see how we do uh, uh, in the conference tournament. And, uh, you know, once we won that, uh, once we really won that first game, uh, we really kind of had offers, uh, invitations from, uh, both of them. Uh, and then, you know, we, uh, we got beat on Friday night, you know, huddled back up on, uh, on Saturday and, and decided to, uh, and decided to accept, uh, one of them. And, uh, you know, I think it's a, a good reward for this team. They won, you know, nine out of their last 13 games. They really had a really turn things around within the Sun Belt Conference. You know, for about a month there, we would have talked to the league. And, and they did some great things, you know, and uh, for a team that started out one and six. And so I think it's a nice reward for them. And, uh, you know, that's the way we're approach, approaching it. And uh, uh, we, we're you know, we're happy, and uh, we'll be ready to go. 
Coach, you know how these things play out. Some teams, they're just ready for the year to end. When it does finish out, they lose in, in the conference tournament. Then there's others that want more. Do you get the sense that these guys wanted more and they wanted a couple more opportunities to play together? Yes, I asked them, and uh, they wanted to keep playing. You know, and you're right. There's sometimes a team, especially teams that uh, maybe were, you know, picked real high and, and, and didn't have the season they wanted or, or teams that, uh, you know, were uh, lost in the finals of their conference tournament and were preseason number one. I mean, everything was about the NCAA, and they don't make it and decide that, you know, they don't want to do anything else. You have all that going on. Our situation was really a lot different than uh, we were picked last in the preseason. We had a seven-game turnaround, win total turnaround, both in conference and overall, you know, not to mention the – uh, streak, you know, here at the uh, the last, you know, six weeks of the season. And so, uh, you know, the kids wanted to be sure there was disappointment, you know. I mean, the initial disappointment from losing Friday night uh, was tough. And uh, But, you know, as we got on the bus Saturday and visited, talk, talked about it, and then again yesterday, they want to keep playing and they're excited about playing. And, and uh, so, you know, I think that uh, this is a really good, uh, deal for them and we'll go give it our best effort excited for this senior class but you look at the future of this program how can it pay dividends for your younger guys as you hopefully get ready to make even a bigger run next year well let's just take michael Ertle for example i mean what a what a good deal for him you know freshman of the year in the league improved throughout the year uh he gets to keep playing games he gets to keep trying to improve he gets to uh, keep adding to uh, an already good season for him. And, you know, guys like him, uh, you know, these kind of tournaments are are, uh, are, are great for them and uh, more practices and, and, and on and on and on. So, uh, you know, we've got uh, numerous guys like that, that'll, a core group that will be returning, you know, next year. And uh, it's great for the seniors, but it's also good for those returning guys to keep – Playing different people, play, keep practicing, keep uh, you know, keep hooping out there. And uh, I, I initially, I really think about Michael Earl and how neat it is for him and kind of his story. Coach, let's touch on two things from uh, your conference tournament last week. Of course, you lose against uh, Georgia Southern. The fouls were piling up early in that game. How concerned were you of what you were going to do there in the second half? Well, we don't need foul trouble with this team. That, that, that's for sure. And and so, uh, you know, we had to we had to watch it there for a minute there in the first half, and and, and kind of you know walk through some minefields, and and uh, when you when uh, you know we don't play we our rotation is not deep, and so foul trouble messes that up as well. I, I you know I give you Sam Alabacus as a an example in the second half there. We had made a defensive adjustment at halftime, and we were really bothering them. I mean, they couldn't score, and Sam was a big part of that. We had dropped him back toward the rim, and 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 they were having a hard time uh, scoring. And you know, he picks up his fourth foul uh, right there when we uh, are tied or one up or you know somewhere in that time, and uh, you know all of a sudden they go on a spurt. And so, uh, you know, foul trouble did play a part, you know, a little bit in that, and. Uh, but also, you know, we, we struggled offensively most of the night as well, and that was just as big a part of, of not winning that game. 
terms of the entire conference, uh, everybody looked forward to that Texas Arlington versus Cajuns game. The Mavericks end up winning that, but ultimately Georgia State comes back and beats them. Anything surprise you about the tournament overall? <clears throat> no, I think that you know from a from a pure style, uh, talent standpoint, uh, you know, as I watched the tournament from the sideline and in in the whole bit. You know, what struck me a little bit was that, well, I'll tell you what, Aaron, uh, you know, we, we already know, you know, Lafayette's really talented. But in that in that tournament, just looking up from the court, Georgia State looked really talented. And mm. and, and so did UT Arlington. You know, just the, 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 the players out there, the length, the athleticism, the, you know, they look like really talented teams. So, uh you know, at the end of the day, it didn't surprise me that that uh, uh, Georgia State and UTA were were in the finals. Even though you know everybody was a little surprised that Lafayette lost, but but uh, uh, and then for Georgia State to win it, you know they uh, they really had a great three day run. If you look at their games, I mean they they led uh, in all three games most of most of the game. And I'll tell you, you know they only played six or seven guys. Uh, but but there's some talent out on that floor, and and that guard Simons, you know, there's there's some question whether he's going to go pro or not after this season, and and uh, uh, the other players, uh, they got tall, you know, good tall guards. They got athleticism on the inside. I mean, they're a talented team now, really talented team, and kind of it really. I, I had a greater even an even greater appreciate appreciation after watching there. That uh, that we beat them during the regular season, and uh, but uh, so you know they're a, they're a good team, uh, and uh, you know very well deserving of uh, winning our tournament. Coach, one final question is you you I'm sure watched a little bit of the selection show, and you see the mid majors getting a little bit of the shaft. And from a guy that coached in the SEC, I mean, how do you feel about sometimes the, the smaller programs not getting the respect that they deserve when it comes to tourney time? Well. <clears throat> You know, a lot of times uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know a little bit of crying, you know, and but but there, every year there seems to be at least one team or two teams that that you know legitimately legitimately there's a gripe, and I mean I'm thinking about Middle Tennessee right now, you know, I mean what a great year they had, what a great you know run they've had, and they uh, <clears throat> they they tried to. They went on the road in non-conference, played, uh, you know, won on the road and won their regular season championship. And uh, they were even ranked in the top 25, suppose. Uh, I think I saw it one time. They got up to 24. And, and uh, you know, and they stumble in the conference tournament and uh, and they're out. And uh, they don't get in. And it's, it's, uh, it's a tough deal. I don't know the answer, Aaron. I really don't. Uh, you know, the Power Fives have just, uh, really taking this tournament over, you know, and and uh, it's just tougher. And it's going to be the Power Five and everybody else one bid leagues. You know, that's where it's going, and 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 that's the way they want it. To be honest with you, that's the way they want it. And uh, so it's a tough, it's a tough situation. I think each year it's getting a little tougher and tougher for the mid-major guy to to slip in there with an at-large. 
And then everybody says, well, just schedule tougher uh, non-conference opponents. But, like, in your case, when you guys won back-to-back 20 games, I mean, how many uh, teams were answering your calls when you were looking to go in their place and play it? There's no question. Everybody, I mean, we do it in scheduling. You know, we do it, too. And, and uh, you know, everybody's trying. You, you, got, you try to navigate your scheduling and try to be careful on certain teams, especially going play on the road. And, and uh, you know, and then if you don't, if you don't kind of schedule – to your own self, you, you you can fool around and and have a horrible non-conference schedule uh, and hurt your own team, you know. And and uh, as they move into conference play, so it, it's a tough deal. I, I don't I don't know the answer. I don't. I, there may not be an answer. It may be this is this is where who we are and where we are as as the NCAA and and uh, you know the uh, the mid-major guy is going to be a one-bid league for. From this point forward, that's the way it sure looks. Hmm. One final question. This one from the text line. Uh, listener wants to know if you guys take care of business versus Austin P. kind of advance in this tournament. Would there be a possibility of a game coming to Fan Ely? Yes, yes. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a for sure, but, but yes, there is a uh, possibility that we, uh, we could possibly host uh, the second round. So, hmm. Uh, you know, we got a, we play in Austin P, which, uh, came out, uh, third in Ohio Valley Conference. Uh, we know their head coach. He's a friend of ours. He's a new coach from, uh, Matt Figures from South Carolina, assistant at longtime assistant at South Carolina for Frank Martin. They did a good job this year and won 19 games and, and, uh, or excuse me, 18 games and, and, uh, uh, came out third in that league at 12 and six and, and uh, so we, we we got a lot of we know a lot of people uh, in that league, and so we're getting scouting reports and that type thing. I think they're really promoting it at their place, and uh, I got a feeling we're walking into a hornet's nest a little bit, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, uh, but that's good, you know. That's what you know postseason supposed to be about is uh, good games, playing against good teams, and and uh, you know. If you go on the road in hostile environments, and uh, so uh, I think this will be great for for our team, Coach. Once again, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck later this week in the CITs. You got to get ready for more post, most post, more postseason play. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Aaron. Keith Richard, ULM's head basketball coach. Yeah, I love the way he he broke down the positives of playing more basketball. Just singling out Michael Ertle, the fact that he can go out there and get some more action, some more minutes against real competition. He and his teammates should only benefit from that and make them better for next year. Hmm. They will play uh, Austin P on Thursday. Of course, the other news coming down yesterday, you got uh, ULLL taking on the LSU Tigers Wednesday night at 6 p.m. in the PMAC. Let's take a timeout. Coming up, more big takeaways from this past weekend. You can hit us up at 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive is back after this. I don't know what it is about my co-hosts over here, but uh, I've heard it before, and now I've heard it again. Jake is dragging this morning. He's blaming it on daylight savings time. No, man. I'm good. <laughs> no, it That is, one hour threw you off? That one hour threw me off. I think I'm going to take the rest of the week yeah. off, if you don't mind. Uh, you know, we enjoyed Ben Mintz when he'd fill in uh, for a couple weeks there. It was literally weeks after daylight savings time, and he would he came in one morning and said, Man, I've never recovered from daylight savings time. <laughs> I'm just like, that's an all-time yes, of all the things. It's great. Yes. Writing that one down. Yeah, I will be using that later this week. 
All right, uh, where do you want to go? Uh, biggest takeaways from the weekend. I jotted down a, a number of things here, and I want to start with uh, golf. Uh, okay. We were wondering about the impact of uh, Tiger Woods. So on Saturday, I think everybody was all in at that point. New Tiger was on the leaderboard, was ready to make a run at this thing. So that third round on NBC, it was the highest rated PGA event third round in 12 years. <laughs> Not surprised. I can only imagine what it'll be like, what the ratings will be today when they look back on Sunday. And then, because you look at Saturday, there was a lot of college basketball taking place. Yeah. A yeah. lot of good tournaments. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. So, th- I mean, that's a, that's a very promising number. Then you look at yesterday, they really didn't have much competition, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the SEC game was played pretty early. Um, I think they finished around two. So, the rest of the afternoon, you're just really dealing with, yeah. uh, you know, smaller conferences and then um, – you know, if you wanted to watch baseball. But for the most part, man, it was just golf. And I was all in. And I, as soon as the got up on Sunday morning, I had to look and see when's coverage start, 2 o'clock. And then, of course, on Twitter, you're seeing he birdies the first hole. You're like, all right. And then you knew NBC. They were just drooling all over oh, themselves. Man. So then they opened up the coverage, and then they had this little music montage, and they go through his struggles, and they say, is this the dawn of a new Tiger era? And you're like, oh, yeah. And they had the music <laughs> playing behind and then it almost felt like it was like you're so excited to go see a good movie, a great movie, critically acclaimed, and then you go to it and you're sitting there and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, and you almost feel like it's a disappointment. And then, of course, you get to the end, he gets to 17, and then from, what, 44 feet away, when they put up the, the graphic, there were, you know, the field made about 3% of these chances or the probability of you to make this putt, and then he goes and drains it, and you're like, wow, it's good stuff. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, even for me, a guy who's not a big golf fan, I tuned in. When I saw him make that putt, I was like, okay, yeah. now he's got a shot here. And unfortunately, it didn't happen. But, yeah, I it, it was good to see Tiger actually like in it at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I needed to see that if we're, I was going to continue to listen to all these people saying, Tiger's back, Tiger's back. Okay, now, you, now you've now you got reason to say that. You know, he, he proved a lot this past weekend. A uh, number of great tweets throughout the afternoon. I like this one from Rick Riley. He used to be on the national scene before he thought so highly of himself. And then of Don't course, hate on Rick Riley, man. Okay. I like him. Uh, he tweeted out, no collar, less hair, same thirst. Welcome back, Tiger. He's the only guy that could get away going on a golf course and not have a collared shirt. Sure. There was a number of things that stood out to me. And listen, in this business, and I understand how important weather is and, of course, the safety of viewers, on Saturday we had another one of those situations where there's a thunderstorm watch in the area, and literally the weather graphics cover up the hole. The worst. Yeah. And I just like. That gets on my nerves, like when I'm trying to watch a game and it covers up the scoreboard. There's got to be some kind of happy medium at some point. Yeah. So, uh, I've told the story numerous times, and we tried to get her on the show a couple times, and it's never going to happen. I want to try to record her a couple times, but instead, I basically (laughs) jotted down some notes yesterday. The wife comes home, and of course, I'm all excited about this golf event. I try to get her involved. It's a known fact. She hates Tiger Woods. I I don't even know if hate is the right word or strong enough. Despises. Tell us why. Well, just because what Tiger's done in his past. Sure. and, And rightfully so. So the thing's playing out, 
And uh, you want? I, I jotted down her three best quotes from the day. Oh, I can't wait for this. <laughs> this is from the wife. This was her quote on Tiger Woods. Uh, he has no morals. <laughs> I question your morals for liking him. <laughs> Off to a good start. Yes. Uh, then there's this other one. Uh, Justin Rose was making a run. Of course, he was playing well on the back nine. Uh-huh. And then he kind of folded uh, in the last couple holes. Go, Justin. Sure you didn't screw around on your wife with two beautiful children? I know you're not a piece of. <laughs> Fill in the blank. And yeah. then the final three or four holes, she decided to take a nap. Uh, I started hooting and hollering, woke her up on the 17th hole when Tiger made that long putt. And uh, afterwards, I, I, she said, I told her, you missed Tiger losing. She said, I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> there you go. The best sound bites, best quotes from the wife. Yeah. The sports wife. We should have her on the show. Uh, right after your wife comes on. Okay. Right after you name your kid Moose. Okay. <laughs> Mooses. Uh, other headlines. The other thing about golf, and, and I thought NBC overall, their, their production and their coverage of the weekend was fantastic. Technology has improved the telecast so much. But they missed several golden opportunities late, and of course they were all in on Tiger Woods. But Paul Casey making that run, you know, and he he was the leaderboard. He was in the clubhouse. Where were the shots of him in the clubhouse? Him it reacting. It was the Tiger Show, man. Yeah, but him reacting I, to Tiger. Listen, I get it, but it's the Tiger Show. Let's mm. get Tiger on TV as much as possible. And then of course uh, Sam Burns, the kids from Shreveport, uh, getting a lot of love. Well, that rookie continues to play incredible. And how about the year that Calvary's having? Former Cavalry player, uh -huh. Doug, yeah, Peterson. Doug Peterson. They made the yeah. tie-in. Doug Peterson was the head coach. He was an eighth grader at that time, was actually playing football at that time. Wow. And then you look at Shea Patterson. you got to throw in that storyline also, national storyline, going to Michigan. Sure. Calvary is having a pretty good year. Yeah, not too bad. All right, that's uh, my take of the golf from this past weekend. We enjoyed your take, Aaron. Yes, or the Weiss take. Yeah. What you got next? Uh, I think CBS continues to get the shaft. In terms of the, their basketball coverage, first of all, they lose the selection show. Yeah, oh, that whole selection show was a downgrade. It was a completely complete downgrade with the TVS. With the, I don't know how how your audio is messed up on, on one of your bigger shows of the year. Um, I was listening to something. They said that TVS motto was very funny, so maybe they tried to make it a joke. Um, but yeah, they messed that up, and then the studio audience was clearly paid actors it was not actual fans <laughs> because they were it was so can, like canned responses you know it was awful it didn't feel authentic and somebody then, said it was the price is right audience <laughs> yeah that's pretty good that sounds about right and then the the way they announced every team it was just awful starting with the automatic bids you're taking up time we don't need to see this and then the alphabetical order, and you have to sit there in your mind going, okay, N comes before O, comes before P, so Notre Dame's left off. You know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. like, ugh. Uh, not, not, they didn't have the selection show. Then on Sunday, you're looking forward to some big tournament games, and then they get the championship games of the Atlantic 10 and the American Athletic Conference. And this follows after Saturday, and, and we were pushed back on news on Saturday because of this, the, the game, the Mountain West championship game on a Saturday night. Now, I, I love the fact that those conferences are getting this national coverage, but... If you're CBS, you want 
yeah. SEC, ACC, something like yeah. that. But of course, ESPN has those. Mm. Uh, Shane C. Shane C. says, "Didn't Patterson go to IMG Academy? You are right. He went there for three months. <laughs> <laughs> he left Calvary in what a uh, July going into his Any senior year." Aaron gets to talk about Patterson ditching his teammates, <laughs> ditching his school to go to IMG. He will take it. So mm. thank you, Shane, for giving him that opportunity. Uh, we didn't mention this at the top of the show, and we should have. Uh, Alton Clay from uh, ULM finishes second in the Nationals in the uh, weight throw. Congratulations to him. We'll make an effort to uh, talk to him later this week. Uh, the big news, of course, in the NFL, just the wheeling and dealing by Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, so are, do you have any faith at all that they're going to get this draft right? Because I do like the pieces they added. I do. And they didn't give up uh, their top two picks, correct? Correct. So they still have one and four. But I have no faith. I feel like they're going to get this wrong. I just do. I feel like they're going to go Josh Allen number one. He's going to be a bust. Mm-hmm. And Lord knows they'll get it number four. Let me ask you this. You're a big Saquon Barkley fan. Mm-hmm. He's been, you know – getting a hyped up even more because of the freakish combine, you know, statistics he's throwing out there. Do you think he's worthy of a number one yeah. overall pick? Yeah. yeah. If the Browns took him number one overall, you would applaud them. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, and the conversation back. going into last year was you never take a running back that high because of their shelf life. And then, of course, we look at what Leonard Fournette and the impact he made with that franchise and what he was the fourth overall pick, correct? Sure, yeah. But – that's just one example. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go back to Trent Richardson. There's one example. How much faith do you have in Tyrod Taylor if you're Cleveland now? Obviously, they believe in him a little bit. A little bit to start the season, right? I, I, I'm hoping they. This is how they feel. Like start the season with Tyrod. He can get you. He can. He can give you average play while you groom a quarterback. Um, that's going to be your future. But I hope that they're not picking him up. Going. This is our franchise guy. He's going to be. He's going to be the one. That, that stays with us as the starting quarterback, and he's going to bring us some wins. No, that's not the case. But if you, so for that reason, I think they're still going to take a quarterback. I don't know because they have the number four pick. I wouldn't. I would be more, much more forgiving if they took Saquon Barkley number one overall because they can come back at four and mm-hmm. get. There's several good quarterbacks. Yeah. You can come back and get a good quarterback at four. So. I would be forgetting. And if there's not one quarterback that separates itself from the pack, then why not? Exactly. I ben agree. says, is Landry worth $16 million a year? I get it. He catches a ton of passes, but very few chunk plays and very few touchdowns. Browns have cap space, but I'm just not sure. Yeah, but, but hey, they, they do have that, that cap space, though, Ben. And that's, that's kind of why I was looking at it thinking, like, all right, you have all this cap space. What are you going to do with it? I think Adam Landry is a big piece because – now you can take some focus off of Josh Gordon. Now, we're saying this, you know, thinking that hopefully Josh Gordon's got his act together and he's going to be around. Uh, so hopefully that's the case. But if you have Gordon and Landry together, you get a pretty good quarterback in there. I hope you're not putting a lot of faith in Gordon being around <laughs> long term. Yeah. Well, If you're Jarvis Landry, too, and you're packing your bags this week and you're leaving South Beach for Cleveland, I know you're going to get a ton of money. but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a dreary day. Yeah, <laughs> it's a sad day. 7 o'clock hour in the books. You keep hitting us up on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line, (laughs) 888-993-776. Shane says they might should take a Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.